Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps and you'll get 20% off your next Built Bar order. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, January 11th, 2021. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, ladies and gentlemen... As always, thank you for tuning into today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Hope you all had lovely weekends, even though our Chicago Bears, they stink. There's no other way to put it. They put up a dud in their playoff game yesterday against the New Orleans Saints, losing handedly. Their season is now over, but don't fret because the Chicago Blackhawks begin their season in just two days, ladies and gentlemen, just over 48 hours until puck drop between the Hawks and defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. And not only is this game going to be a tough road matchup for the Blackhawks, but it's also Tampa Bay's banner ceremony for winning the Stanley Cup last season. Of course we get that matchup. Uh, It's only fair, I guess, after the Blackhawks took down the Lightning in the 2015 Stanley Cup Final. Everything's coming full circle here. On the in the season opener on Wednesday, I should say. Just as a reminder, that game kicks off at 7 p.m. Central Time, but with the ceremony and everything sure to drag out, who knows when the game itself will actually get started. Um, but coverage, as usual, is on NBC Sports Network, who, by the way, I don't want to get too sidetracked in this episode because there's a lot of Blackhawks news to cover, but... I noticed NBC Sports made some moves to their broadcasting department this morning with Mike Milbury, most notably. He's leaving He's leaving the team. He had been covering hockey there for over 14 years, and he was finally let go by NBC Sports this morning, which made a lot of people happy, including myself. I mean, the guy was, he was just way too old school to be talking about the new era of hockey. Just so much bias to the original six and the teams he coached and had affiliations to. So I was glad to hear they finally got rid of Mike Milbury. But what does NBC Sports go out and do to replace him? They hire Mike Babcock. That's not a joke. They replace Milbury with Babco- uh, with Babcock, arguably an even larger asshole. I don't know how you can reward a guy like Babcock after all the things that came out about him in the past cap in the past calendar year. All the stories of hazing, just just being horrible on the bench, the public shaming of Mitch Marner in Toronto. There were a bunch of different stories that came out about Babs. Brent Sopel even came on the podcast to share his horrible experience he had with the guy. So Mike Babcock, 
just a bad human being. And I don't even I don't even feel wrong saying that because it's proven to be true. Uh, in NBC Sports, they they go out and hire him. Uh, such a bad move. And I feel bad for guys like Patrick Sharp, Anson Carter, Keith Jones, Dominic Moore, guys who are going to have to put up with him and, you know, act like they like him on the camera. And yeah, sure, maybe Babcock is a nice guy to their faces, and maybe the whole situation was a bit of a wake-up call for him, but it's still going to be, you know, an awkward encounter working with him after obviously hearing everything he's done to people in the game of hockey. Like, he actually tries to mess people up mentally to make him play better for him. Like, think about that. I know it was a different era, and I know everything was different back then, but think about how backwards that mindset is. Just so wrong. So, I was just really, really disappointed to hear that NBC Sports went out, and, you know, they made the right call. They got rid of Milbury, but they replaced him with Mike Babcock. Babcock. I can't talk right now for some reason. It's such a head-scratcher of a move, and it kind of makes... The, the stories that came out of hazing and whatnot, it, it makes them look like a mockery a little bit and like they don't matter um, by, by hiring Babcock. That's that's exactly what, um, that's the image they're kind of portraying there. Uh, and, and it's just wrong. I, I don't like the hiring at all by NBC Sports. There's my Monday rant a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being there for me. I promise it's over. Now, let's get into some of the Blackhawks news I need to discuss today. First, the Blackhawks held an intra-squad scrimmage on Sunday night at the United Center. By the way, the 6 o'clock start time was very less than ideal with the Bears getting thrashed by the Saints at the time. There was no one really in the mood to be watching more Chicago sports after that. But I, I did tune in for the majority of the contest, and let me tell you, it was so nice to see the Blackhawks back on the ice in some type of game action. It was a little odd without uh, any fans there or... Without advertisements on the boards, it, it kind of made it seem like the Hawks were playing on a peewee rink or something. But it, but despite all that, it was a very serious game. I mean, a fight even broke out between Reese Johnson and Nick Sealer, two guys who are expected to be on the Blackhawks taxi squad together. Obviously, you know, it's a little weird to see teammates fight, but it was an intense atmosphere. Emotions were flying high. Guys were competing to, to try and earn one of those final spots in the roster, so it, it was a good matchup, a lot of, and a lot of guys took advantage of the opportunity to flash their stuff. And as I talked about on the show a lot lately, training camp is only a couple weeks long, so a scrimmage like this, it really means a lot in the grand scheme of things in the preseason. And I have to start by mentioning how tremendous the Blackhawks' fourth line was last night, which was the top line for Team White, actually. Uh... Based on the looks of the lines, Team Red was definitely more loaded of the two. They had the top line with Kane, Debrinkit, and Strom, and then they also had the third line. But Team White came out and put on a clinic, and it was mostly due to the play of Matthew Highmore, David Kampf, and Ryan Carpenter. Highmore opened up the scoring with a nice wrister early on past Delio. It was a great, great pass from below the net from Ryan Carpenter. And then a couple moments later, Lucas Carlson scored on a one-timer from the point to make it 2 to nothing. also with Highmore, Camp, and Carpenter in the offensive zone cycling the puck to make the play happen. And then after Brandon Peary cut the lead in half, he had a nice goal in tight on a rebound. It was a good scrimmage for Peary, by the way. If, Soderberg, if Carl Soderberg isn't able to play on opening night, I expect Brandon Peary to be in the lineup. Anyways, after Peary's goal... 
Highmore found the back of the net again, his second goal of the scrimmage to make it 3-1 Team White in the first period. That line was on the ice for the first three goals for Team White, and they weren't done yet. After Philip Kirishev uh, found a loose puck in front of the net, he had a tap-in goal to make it 4-1. to one. Carpenter made another beautiful pass from behind the net to set up David Camp for a goal in tight. The fourth goal of the scrimmage that the fourth line was on the ice for, I mean, they really stole the show in this scrimmage and just even further solidified their line for opening night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The rest of the night, besides that, it was really the story of the night was the sloppy play by the backup netminders. John Quenville stuffed home a rebound to make it 6-1. to one. Then we saw Philip Kirishev score his second goal of the night uh, to make it 7-1. to one. It got pretty ugly there for Team Red late. Finally, Kane and Debrinkit connected for a nice goal in tight. Debrinkit had a nifty redirect. Uh, but Brandon Hagel added a goal to make the final 8-2 to two in favor of Team White. Two goals for Kirishev. Two goals for Highmore, and the fourth line was on the ice for four goals total. Camp found the back of the net, so did Lucas Carlson. Brandon Hagel and John Quenville chipped in as well. And then for Team Red, only Peary and Debrinkit scored goals, so a pretty lopsided affair here. But nonetheless, great to see the Blackhawks back on the ice for some game-type action. And they need all they can get before the season opener on Wednesday against Tampa Bay. Alright ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk more about the Blackhawks' inner squad scrimmage on Sunday night, plus the latest updates on their final roster heading into the season opener against Tampa Bay. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action by going to BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Are you ready for some football? The College Football National Championship game is tonight, and the NFL just finished up Wild Card Weekend. There's only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs, and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. You can also visit the Locked On Podcast Network's exclusive partner on social media, at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use that promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first betonline.ag deposit. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, then be sure to listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Bets wherever you may listen to your podcasts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I just got done recapping Sunday's intra-squad scrimmage that the Blackhawks held at the United Center. And with the regular season beginning in just two days, we now have a pretty good idea of 
which players are going to be in the lineup on opening night against Tampa Bay, especially because on Monday morning, all 31 NHL teams had to release their list of players that they placed on waivers. And the Blackhawks decided to put four players on waivers on Monday morning. Those four players were John Quenville, Anton Lindholm, Nick Sealer, and goaltender Matt Tompkins. Now, if these four players clear waivers, which I fully expect to happen, I don't think anyone is going to go out and snag one of these guys. But if they clear, then that means they will either be sent down to Rockford or or placed on the Blackhawks taxi squad. That was something I kind of had confused for a little bit. I thought if they were placed on waivers, they had to be sent down to Rockford, but that's not the case. Uh, So just because, yeah, as I said, just because those four were placed on waivers, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be on the taxi squad. I want to make sure all the listeners out there are aware of that because these four players are all very likely candidates to be on the taxi squad at the start of the season. Quenville... Sealer, Lindholm, those guys have nothing left to prove at the AHL level, and they're decent enough to come in the lineup if need be and get the job done. And then in the situation for Tompkins, he he has to go through waivers, but Kevin Lankinen doesn't. So ultimately, the Blackhawks had to send someone down. Matt Tompkins was the guy, and he's not likely to be picked up by someone, so... He'll still probably be on the Blackhawks taxi squad at the beginning of the season just because it makes more sense for Lankinen to be getting the starting reps in Rockford rather than riding the pine in the NHL and, you know, waiting for an opportunity which may be far and few in between. So it's it's just wiser to have Lankinen down in Rockford. It's the best thing for him at this stage of stage of his development. So Really no surprises here from the Blackhawks. Just have to wait 24 hours now to see if any of these guys get claimed. Uh, but one other detail to note from this, annou- this announcement was that Brandon Peary was not a part of the group placed on waivers by the Blackhawks, and that means he has officially made their final roster for the regular season. He's, by the way, he was the Blackhawks pick back in 2009, funny enough. Uh, Peary was acquired from the Vegas Golden Knights this offseason in exchange for Dylan Sakura, who he just never really found his way here in Chicago. And by the way, Sakura was placed on waivers by Vegas this morning, along with former Blackhawks prospects Carl Dahlstrom and Tomas Yurko. So, looking like the Blackhawks got the better of that one-for-one swap. Peary was, of course, traded for Sakura one-for-one. And Peary... He's on his way to crack in the opening night lineup here in Chicago. And while this this may make some fans mad because theoretically, yes, Peary is taking up a spot over one of the young prospects, but at the same time, he's going to be, I think he's going to be valuable to the Blackhawks' bottom six that's very defensive-minded. Look at who they got. Lucas Walmark, Matthew Highmore, David Camp, Ryan Carpenter, basically all defensive-minded guys. And without Doc and Taze in the top six, the Hawks are likely going to have some trouble putting the puck in the back of the net. So I think Peary's going to be great for that department. He's put together a good camp. All he's done in the scrimmages is score goals. So I like giving him this opportunity. He's had success in bunches in the past. And if he's able to find some of that again, I think he's going to be a great addition to this forward group in 2021. What I am interested to see, though, now that uh, we kind of have the idea that Peary's locked into the lineup, what I'm interested to see is 
where he's going to be once Carl Soderberg figures out his immigration issues. And at the moment, it, it doesn't look like Soderberg will be able to play on Wednesday against Tampa Bay. He's yet to join the Blackhawks in training camp. Uh, I'm not sure what his quarantine situation is going to be, but you figure he's going to have to quarantine for some period of time. Um, so it's looking like he, he's going to be out of the lineup. And if he is, then we have a pretty good idea of what the lines are going to look like. Obviously, the top line will be Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strom, and Patrick Kane, as it should be. That trio's been together throughout training camp and all the scrimmages. They've been moving the puck well, and those are the three most skilled guys in this forward group, so it only makes sense. Then, the second line and the third lines, this is kind of where it's been jumbling back and forth. On Sunday night in the scrimmage, the second line was Dominic Kubalik. Lucas Walmark and Andrew Shaw, which it makes me, uh, you know, just a little bit curious because I liked I liked Pia Suter on that line originally in between uh, Kubalik and Shaw, but I, I just wonder if Jeremy Colleton, if he wanted to, to spread out the offense a little bit more by bumping Suter down to the third line to play in between Brandon Peary and Matthias Janmark because with Walmark on that third line instead of Suter, that definitely gives the bottom six, more of a defensive look. So, Walmart, he skated with Kubalik and Shaw on Sunday. Then, as I just said, Pia Suter, he was skating in between uh, Brandon Peary and Matthias Janmark. But in practice this morning, the Blackhawks went with another another different look for the second and third lines. The first line remained the same, Debrinkit, Strom, and Kane. But the second line was... Matthias Janmark, Lucas Walmark, and Andrew Shaw, while the third line was Dominic Kubalik, Pia Suter, and Brandon Peary. The fourth line was still Highmore, Camp, Carpenter. So in, as far as the forward groups go, it looks like the first and fourth lines are set in stone, while the second and third lines, Jeremy Colleton is, is still tinkering with a little bit. So... Uh, I'm not really sure what it's going to look like on opening night. Probably some combination of what we've seen over the last couple of days. But with Soderberg back, I wonder if Peary is the one to get bumped out of the lineup. I know Soderberg's played mostly center in the past. That probably gives him a bit of an advantage. But also, with Suter playing there, at least to start the year, I just wonder exactly where he's going to fit in. But... That's a problem for whenever Soderberg can rejoin the team, and at the moment, there's still no date for him to arrive, according to Coach Colleton, so it's not looking very likely that Carl Soderberg will be in the lineup on Wednesday night when the Blackhawks take on the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. As for the defense, it looks like Keith Murphy and Dehan Mitchell, those pairings are locked in for opening night. And now the only question remains whether or not Nikita Zadorov or Brent Seabrook are going to be able to play. Seabrook has yet to join the team in training camp. He's been deemed unfit to participate. And Zadorov, he missed the last couple of days. Not really sure what was going on with him. But the good news is on Monday he was back at Fifth Third Arena, re- uh, rejoined with his teammates. He was skating alongside 20-year-old Adam Boquist. Uh, so it looks like Zadorov's going to be able to go on Wednesday. And as I said, with Keith and Murphy and Dehan Mitchell locked in together, expect Zadorov to be skating alongside Boquist on either the Blackhawks' second or third defensive pairing. 
As for Seabrook, it's not looking very likely that he's going to be fully healthy for the season opener. Uh, and if he's not able to go, it sounds like Blackhawks 2018 first-round pick Nicholas Bodan could serve as the team's seventh defenseman on Wednesday. Colleton spoke highly of Bodan last week when he was asked about notable camp surprises, which is definitely great to hear. So Bodan has uh, potentially an opportunity here if Seabrook remains out of the lineup. But as you can tell, the defense, besides Seabs, it's pretty set in stone, more than the forwards are at least. Um, but more details are sure to emerge about the situation and what's going on with Seabrook with opening night just two days away. Alright, coming up in just a minute, I can't avoid the topic any longer, ladies and gentlemen. Over the weekend, Blackhawks two-time Stanley Cup champion goaltender Corey Crawford announced his retirement from the National Hockey League. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome flavors like toffee, almond, banana bread, raspberry, and they have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get 20% off your next order. One more time. Be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey. Or you can also always email the Locked On Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. For any questions you have about the show, the Blackhawks, or anything that has to do with their final roster for Wednesday night's season opener. Okay, I just finished up talking about the Blackhawks opening night lineup versus Tampa Bay on Wednesday. Now, before I wrap up the show today, I have to talk about two-time Stanley Cup champion goaltender Corey Crawford hanging up the skates over the weekend. It came after, you know, an odd week of training camp with the Devils. Crawford, he wasn't there through the first five days. Then he was placed on an indefinite leave of absence. And, and finally on Saturday, Corey, he, he just called it a career. And as sad as it is to see the ride come to an end, I'm happy that, you know, he reached this decision on his own terms. I was honestly a little surprised that he even went out and signed a deal with New Jersey in the offseason because I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Crawford just didn't have anything left to prove in the NHL. A two-time Stanley Cup champ, Blackhawks all-time leader in postseason wins, third in regular season wins, Number one in save percentage and goals against average of all goaltenders in franchise history with over 300 starts. One of the most underrated goaltenders 
in the modern era, a two-time William Jennings Trophy winner. He's done it all, really. Uh, he had done it all. He should have, you know, he should have had a con Smythe on his resume as well from his effort in 2013. Uh, I can go on and on about Corey Crawford, but I, I wasn't surprised in the least to see Crow announce his retirement. Sure, the timing wasn't exactly the best, especially for the Devils, but he made the decision he was comfortable with, and that was to walk away at this time on his own terms. And after all the concussion issues, he's already 36 years old. There were a lot of reasons to make this choice. And again, definitely sad that it's truly the end of an era. Crawford, it's, he's not going to be in the NHL anymore. That's going to be very weird. That's my goaltender from my childhood. Um, and as sad as that is, I sit here today with a smile on my face knowing how much of an impact Crawford had on my life as well as many, many others. And it makes me happy thinking about all that he was able to accomplish in his time with the team. So congrats on retirement, Corey. It was a hell of a ride. So many moments that I'll never forget from shoving from shoving Robbie Fabry into the boards to trying to fight Jonathan Quick at center ice. The shutout in Game 6 against Tampa Bay. There, there's so many memories that I'll always cherish and always will carry with me. So one more time, thanks again, Corey. You will without a doubt go down as one of the best goaltenders in Chicago Blackhawks history. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, January 11th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. This week on Locked On NHL, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Avampato and the Locked On NHL season preview series. Previews of all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues, courtesy of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey host Scott Cullen. Be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2 or my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every day.